Hello and welcome to April's episode of All Things Business, the podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking all things finance. Our guests are Ed Caswell, Associate Director at MHA Caves Wealth, James Robinson, Corporate Services Manager at Horsens Chartered Accountants, and Andrew Chubb, Director of Pilot Fish Finance. They'll speak to us about what you should expect from your accountant, investment advice, as well as what they expect for 2022 in the industry. For those who have prospered through the pandemic, would your advice be to invest at this point or to hold out for the current global economic issues to calm further? What a first question to start with. <laughs> um, well, okay, yeah. So uh, I think timing the market can be very difficult. Um, almost impossible to get perfectly right, um, particularly more than once. Uh, as the adage goes, it's time in the market rather than timing the market. That is usually the driver of long-term investment returns. However, um, given how quickly markets have recovered or partially recovered from the, the recent bout of volatility brought on by the, the conflict in Ukraine, I think we would advocate a, a phased approach to investment, so looking to deploy funds over a matter of months and hoping to take advantage of any volatility in the market um, and looking to, to deploy funds at lower, more attractive levels. Um, with inflation running at a, at a 30-year high, and central banks in the UK and the US now raising interest rates. There's plenty to be concerned about for investors, but we do remain optimistic uh, for those with long-term investment horizons. And I think investing in good companies or investing in funds that invest in good companies with high operating margins, good cash flows, um, strong balance sheets and good management teams in place, it's a great place to start. Where do you see kind of inflation? Obviously, inflation's a big factor. Do you see that kind of tapering off anytime soon obviously it's above kind of seven eight percent at the moment and um obviously i'd imagine that's hitting kind of some of those growth companies that you know the valuations on some of those do you see do you see that kind of tapering off anytime soon or definitely uh, we we do see it tapering off but perhaps not as quick as some of the central banks might have predicted so six to twelve months ago when when the line was it was transitory um i don't think it's any longer transitory but I think our sort of central thesis is that it will begin to tail off towards the end of this year because a lot of the factors involved are temporary um, and have been brought on by the pandemic. Mm. So we would like to think by the end of this year, we'll start to see inflation cooling. Nice. So James, um, what would be the three pieces of advice you'd give to people regarding what they should expect from their accountants? Well, pe- people generally, yeah, you should, should expect um, quite a lot from their accountant really. but. Um, in terms of the first kind of expectation that I'd imagine someone might have, it would be largely someone who is an, an agent that's on your side, um, that that works for you and has your best interests at heart. And um, the main thing, certainly from our perspective, is that we look to to understand our clients, understand what their objectives are, what their needs, um, and where they're going in their in their kind of life cycle. Whether they're they're looking to retire, whether they're looking to grow the business whether they're looking to acquire new businesses and whether that's from a company point of view or a personal perspective, that, that's the kind of first expectation. So an understanding of what, what your, the individuals or the company's needs are. Um, the second kind of expectation would then be from a compliance aspect to understand what that company or that individual's um, compliance needs are, whether that's from a, an audit um, or filing their accounts or their, you know, their filing their tax returns, the company tax returns. So 
being able to and competent to be able to sort all of those out and to ensure that all of those compliance objectives are met is the kind of the next expectation that I would imagine most people have from their from their accountant. Going into the third expectation, we then have sort of a, an advice and business spotting kind of an opportunity spotting uh, aspect. So what what is it once you understand your client and where they're going, what are they what are their plans and then what kind of you know if you go down a tax what kind of tax planning opportunities are there that will help facilitate their needs going forwards whether that again it's some things like our research and development relief whether it's business asset disposal relief if they're looking to exit the business and kind of planning that years in advance can make big tax savings and also help um, facilitate whatever their uh, their goals are going forwards so and that's kind of from a tax aspect again audit um, one of our once you understand. Um, what they're kind of doing, and then we, if we if we went into a, a company, and we, one of the things we do is look at their internal controls and processes. So to help them grow, look at their systems. How can they improve their systems to ensure that they're more efficient in what they do? Is again something we may give recommendations on from from that aspect. Yeah. How <laughs> how often, from an accountancy side of things, do you think a business owner should be conversing with their accountant? We um, it depends. I mean, we we would hope that. Uh, it, we would hope that because people have sometimes have this expectation that your accountant is someone that they they drop their t- you know their, their books and records off to mm-hmm. once a year and that's it they get it dealt with in like a month or something and we don't we a lot of our clients we don't see them like that we see them as in we want to be approachable we want them if they if they're looking at doing something or they've got they want some advice pick up the phone or a friendly face come and talk to us so if you if you're thinking about doing something that you you might want to sp- seek some advice on. That's that's kind of where we see ourselves in that you you know someone that you can speak to, so not not just someone that you drop the records off once a year in a carrier bag for receipts. in a carrier bag yeah exactly <laughs> and, and again that's for a lot of our clients and a lot of our, our, our bigger clients that are that are audit clients or, or um, bigger SMEs, it is a it is a kind of speak to them on a monthly basis or even on mm-hmm. a daily basis at certain points. And do you feel the improvement in technology with uh, accounting software has enabled you more time to have those conversations? Definitely. Things like <clears throat> developments in previous years like cloud accounting um, has meant that we can, you know, we can we can log in and have a look at if there's a certain query on something or we can help, um, you know, with a compliance standpoint. Um, that has developments like that have meant that we can kind of it aids our information that we can kind of give to clients to help them make better decisions essentially and that's where we'd look to to kind of uh, to go in the future do you find you struggle to sort of break that stereotype of seeing your accountant once a year do people embrace it or? there's always i mean there's always let's be honest there's always a stereotype of what an accountant kind of <laughs> is and it yeah um and when the more you talk to people the more you realize well hang on a minute an accountant isn't just someone that does the compliance aspect, but they can help um, in if we're looking to grow the business, if we're looking to get finance work, how can we present a business in a certain way and help with um, with decisions that we have going forward. So yeah, talking to people will always kind of ensure that we are, we're not um, we're not just seen as those kind of robotic kind of accountants <laughs> that fill in numbers or something like that. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. Andrew, your turn. Um, Despite the turbulent few years we've had, there's still been a number of strong business performances alongside some amazing growth. So what would your advice be for those looking to either continue their growth or to re- they're ready to push forward? I think the first bit of advice would be to seek professional advice um, uh, with, with, uh, with what the accountants are saying to them. 
they're they're making sure that the numbers add up then I would approach a, a broker who has a whole of market for the right type of funders, uh, which do include high street banks. And from there, we can position growth plans alongside finance facilities to enable people to, to get to where they want to get to. Are you seeing much competition then from, from high street banks now in that space? Not really. Um, the, the high street banks are uh, doing a fantastic job of, of maintaining their customer base. Um, but what we're seeing is that there are a lot of challenger banks uh, and competitors in the market that offer just as favorable terms as high street banks. Okay. And do you feel like it's uh, it's an area of the market that's likely to, be, to become more heavily regulated over the next few years? I think with the FCA regulating uh, finance companies anyway, um, there's enough regulation in there with regards to the broken side of things there are groups that we belong to and acfb for example the fca that that hold us accountable with our our, our regulations and our training the medigold health group is one of the uk's most trusted occupational health and well-being providers helping businesses to keep their people in work safe and well for over two decades Delivering services including absence management, employee screening and mental health and wellbeing programmes to more than 2,500 clients looking after 3 million individual employees. Twice winners of the Big Business of the Year Award at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold Health are redefining corporate healthcare through their commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace wellbeing goals. Ed, what are the most common mistakes you'll see investors make? Um, there's quite a few, but the, there's probably two main ones that spring to mind. Um, the first one of which being that some see the market or stock markets as a means to making short-term gains, um, similar to a casino. Now, that often isn't the case, and, and these type of investors do find out the hard way. I think really investing, unfortunately, shouldn't be that exciting. It shouldn't be that exhilarating. Um, and it's those investors with, with patience and long-term horizons that are often uh, uh, rewarded with the most attractive returns. So, um, and the second biggest mistake we often see is, uh, is people making knee-jerk reactions and losing their cool in, in times of market stress. So if we go back to April and March of 2020, when we were in the, the, the peak of the pandemic, um, uncertainty was abound. And... Um, some markets had sold off by as much as 25, 30%. And if you were to have lost your call then and, and, and sold out, crystallizing such losses, um, that would have proven extremely costly, particularly as many markets had fully recovered by the end of the year. How much of a, an impact do you think diversification kind of in a portfolio obviously has rather than kind of going in only a handful of names or something like that as, as a... As huge. opposed to kind of getting obviously a basket of kind of stock. yeah no no it it has a huge impact so when referencing those those falls in the market earlier so I think the FTSE had fallen by about twenty five percent so that's obviously UK equities um, whereas the portfolios that we manage um, yeah uh, they weren't completely unsheltered uh, completely sheltered from the volatility but when the market was down by twenty five percent our portfolios may have fallen by ten or fifteen percent so holding a, a collection of different assets so. Not just UK equities, but overseas equities, fixed income, 
and commercial property and alternatives really does play a huge part in our in our investor strategies. So with with investors and the way they can invest lump sums and on a monthly contribution, mm-hmm. where markets would have dropped, would they have seen benefit in monthly contributions as opposed to larger investments as a one-off payment? Yep, yep, because um, effectively, if, if you're making monthly contributions, you, you're benefiting from what's called pound cost averaging. So as the market's fallen, your X amount per month will have bought more the next month if the market had fallen. Um, for the money that we manage in the portfolios that we oversee, we do look to particularly say if somebody had come to us now, uh, alluding to your earlier question, if somebody had come to us now with a lump sum, given where markets are now, we would look to phase that money into the market. And we're not going to, because we don't see them being particularly cheap at the moment. They're not overly expensive, but it would be something we would look to, to implement over a matter of months, maybe even years. Interesting. Um, Andy, a question for you. Have, has the uncertainty over the last year affected the way that you find people are approaching business and property finance? Well, we during the pandemic, um, there was a lot of capital available to businesses with government support. We had the bounce back loans, we had the C bills loans, and subsequently the the RLS scheme. Um, what we're finding now is that that people should be head into a broker, the bank manager, for a review of those finances because some of those rates are significantly higher than rates that are available now. Um, for example, we've, we've had a client who took out a C-bills facility uh, paying 11.75% and just over £3,500 a month. We had a review with them. We found them financed at 6.99%, reducing their monthly repayments down to 2,200 a month. So there are substantial savings to be had just by having a review. Um, are we seeing people coming out of the woodwork looking for finance? Yes, we are seeing those people who have weathered the storm and they're looking to grow. They're looking to review their cash flow facilities to invoice finance. And there are an awful lot of businesses out there that are producing products that we would consider assets for a business, machines, CNC milling machines, vehicles, where clients are looking to take advantage of maybe slightly lower prices. Justin, James, are you dealing with um, many clients who have struggled over the last couple of years and kind of coming to you for desperate advice almost? Um, no, is the, it would be the, the initial kind of knee-jerk reaction to that, largely because of the kind of unprecedented level of government support that you've seen over the last two years in the form of the C-bills loans, the bounce-back loans, and then the coronavirus job retention scheme, the furlough scheme that was in, you know, that ended obviously last year. So because of, because of that kind of government support, it has kind of curtailed all the businesses that would have, I don't know, you would have seen probably you know, mass unemployment and businesses kind of failing um, had that, that support not been in place. But I believe, kind of touching on what you were saying, now that a lot of these seal bills, the loans, like the, the, the interest-free period, or the, the payment periods yeah. are ending, you're now starting to see either refinancing, which is where you, the opportunity you were just referring to there, and you might start to see a bit of a knock-on effect going into the next six months where, as you were pointing out earlier on, inflation is very high, costs are rising, and if certain businesses don't do something about it by reducing their interest costs, they could see their kind of cash flow tighten up quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be uh, it would be an interesting stance to find out what insolvency practitioners' views were 
on that because of the mm. level of support that's there. Has that has that been a sticking plaster over the problems businesses have experienced? And are we due to see some change when, the, as you say, those levels of support really do disappear? Uh, it'd be good to get their opinion on, on matters. But at this moment in time, no. Well, our, um, no. The majority, or well, pretty much all of our businesses are, are, are doing, the, the clients that we act for are, are, have... Uh, it's obviously been a it's been a very difficult time, um, but they, they yeah none of ours have uh, have actually gone into that position really. So you're right, it has been a very difficult time, but you're sounding incredibly positive to me. Are you looking forward? Are you thinking things are gonna go on up and up? Or I think so. I, I think I think those those business owners who have weathered the storm, those businesses that are growing, those businesses that are staying staff levels. I think I think they're going to look to invest in their in their staff. They're going to invest in marketing. They're going to invest in in asset purchase. I, I think I think the future looks bright. We've we've controlled what what we're able to, um, and I think I think businesses will move from strength to strength. Edward, do you agree? Cautiously optimistic, Cautious. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we need to see inflation beginning to roll over, beginning to cool off, um, because I think that's going to put a a lot of pressure on businesses and households uh, across the country but I, I think once that does happen and we are confident that that it will then yeah I, I think the future is bright but that's not to say that the next few months aren't going to be tough I mean you can't turn on the news without hearing about the cost of living crisis mm -hmm. and what a lot of people are going to, to begin struggling with so yeah cautiously optimistic. So on the note of inflation do you think that the base rate increase increase is going to do enough to combat that? Um, not at the current level. I think they're going to need to continue at um, a, a similar pace. I think now they're predicting interest rates will be at about 1.5% by the end of the year, which um, if inflation's still at 8%, then no. But as I said, hopefully we're going to see it sort of start to roll over by before that time. Um, I also would think that um, if, inf if interest rates do go above sort of if they go between sort of three and five percent, there's going to be a lot of people in this country that are going to start to struggle to afford their mortgages. So it's a very difficult tightrope the Bank of England have got to walk at the moment. One would you would imagine as well that um, if interest rates do get to that kind of level, uh, you know, in terms of growth rates in this country, they're already kind of because of the situation that you said, obviously in, in Ukraine and the rising prices, oil prices, which then obviously infect. Um, you know, the price of everything increasing, um, you would imagine that once the growth rates kind of go down, the, the, the government will, will, won't be able to put up the interest rates too much because it will kind of, we'll go into a recession effectively and we're kind of stuck then in this kind of limbo where we've got stagflation, where we've got high inflation, but then very low or negative growth rates. Um, and we're kind of in this, in this difficult position. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's going to be a little bit bumpy whilst we've made it look a bit rosy and yeah. a lot of the business coming out of COVID, which hopefully that's that's what we are doing. We are coming out of, of um, you know, the, the pandemic now. Things are opening back up again, but it's it's certainly not going to be, um, there'll be a few bumps in the road over the next six months. So months. you guys have mentioned the Ukraine crisis a few times. So since you've mentioned it, we'll bring it back up. Are you seeing um, the butterfly effect of this? Are you seeing the effect of this? Um, I haven't. Um, I, I haven't seen anything specific that that relates to the Ukraine Ukraine crisis. People talk about it, but but nothing with my day to day work. Yes, I would echo that in terms of um, it's, and I think the, the the proper effects of it, where you know, with 
you know, Ukraine and Russia are obviously you know big producers of wheat and um, rapeseed oil, and that will then affect kind of food prices going forwards and things like that. Then, and then obviously Russia, from kind of an oil point of view, you it will be later on in the year when you kind of see those price rises. But then that will then affect mm-hmm. our businesses when the price of everything is continuing to go up. Yeah, I would only add to that, apart from the, the reaction we've seen in markets, which, um, uh, as I said, they, they've regained poise quite quickly, really, over the course of a month. Um, our business hasn't really been affected, um, but we have been quite keen to, to support the efforts over there. So I know we've done a bit of fundraising in the office, which has been been good. Um, but, yeah, so far, I think, as, uh, as James alluded to, I think we're yet to really sort of feel the full full effects and that um, that may become evident later in the year. Interesting. So we'll finish on a more uh, positive note. <laughs> Moving forward this year, um, what piece of advice would, we'll go across each of you, what piece of advice would you give to your clients? The, the one bit of advice, and I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, is whoever your professional advisor is in whatever aspect, uh, whether it be the accountant, a broker, a bank manager, seek reviews on a regular basis. Don't wait for them to contact you. Make sure you're on the front foot. Make sure you're sitting down with people talking about the challenges you're facing so that solutions can be provided. Be proactive rather than reactive. Absolutely. To kind of echo a slightly of that, what, what the points you're making there is, is planning. Planning. Pl- if, you don't, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And understanding where it is that your business wants to go or where you want to take your business um, and then again, communicating that and sitting down in front of people, whether it, like you said, your accountant, your solicitor, whoever, um, to to how how they can make those your goals achievable. And there are lots of things out there that can help facilitate that and, and push those those goals through. Um, so yes, communication and planning are the, the two main kind of buzzwords I would use. Uh, yeah, what could hopefully won't be, but could be a, a turbulent next few months. I think it's just a case of staying calm stay in contact with your professional advisors and and stay invested. We all want the bare necessities of life. To have a place we can call home. To have a family that's happy and united. To have protection for your loved ones. To have a good job where you're valued. But life is full of ups and downs and sometimes we all need a bit of friendly legal expertise to smooth things out. Visit our website to find out more. Wilson Brown Solicitors. We're all the help you need. Thanks to our guests for speaking to me on this month's episode of All Things Business, the podcast. Join us next month where we'll be talking to rugby legend and World Cup winner Steve Thompson, MBE.